Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. The WTA Tour is wrapping up its season in Singapore. We have uh, Venus Williams playing Ostapenko right now out of the corner of our eye. But we are talking today on the other side of the world, Jared Donaldson, 21-year-old American, just cracked the top 50. He is playing the Basel event and spent some time with us talking about uh, this breakthrough year for him, what it's like to uh, be at this stage in his career playing perhaps, likely, in the ATP Next Gen Final in Milan in two weeks. Nice conversation. Nice kid. Um, we, again, are getting him in Basel, Switzerland. Stamina seems to be pretty good. Ten and a half months into the year. But uh, Jamie Lasanti, why don't we bring him in right now? Jared Donaldson. How, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? No complaints. A little jet lag, but uh, I suspect I don't get any sympathy from, uh, from you on that one. How's, uh, how's Basel? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's nice, you know, it's going well. I, um, you know, just week to week, it all kind of blends together, right? <laughs> I was going to say, where, where are you in the stamina department? This being, uh, late October, you've, you've been at this a while. Yeah, I have. Um, but I feel as though, you know, in a normal job, there's not really time off. So in tennis, there's not, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? I mean, different circumstances that you travel a lot, but you just, go in each day and you put in the work and then you go home right and i like to hear that the yeah. same thing with every profession exactly you uh m- most most people get two weeks vacation that's a good good attitude um yeah. have, have you have you been out have you explored the city i mean i, I don't know we're, we're doing this on a tuesday but for some reason i think you're you're first on on wednesday is that right Am, am I first on? You know what? I don't. You apparently know more than I do because I didn't even know that the schedule is out for two, for Wednesday yet. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I mean, I, it's weird. I on Sunday I usually always play Monday, so I just figured I'd play Monday again or something. Yeah, exactly. And then it wasn't on the schedule for Monday, so then you figure, oh, I have to be on the schedule for Tuesday. It was on the schedule for Tuesday, 
so now here I am, uh, Tuesday afternoon and, um, playing tomorrow, tomorrow, playing tomorrow, you know, first round. So Weird schedule. We'll, yeah, we will talk plenty about you, but I want to ask you, you're at, uh, this, it's like Roger Federer's hometown. Do you, do you yeah. sense that? I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, I know there's, you know, it, it would not be Swiss and it would not be Federer to have big, a big rocky monument in, uh, in the middle of town. But do, do you feel like you're, you're in Roger's hometown? I mean, do you, do you have a sense that, uh, this is, this is his territory? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, definitely, this is, uh, I get, Roger grew up here or lived here, so to speak. But, um, you know, I guess I don't really, I don't really think about that so much. Um, I just, I feel as though, you know, I kind of have my job to do here at this tournament and try to compete as, as well as I can do. And, um, I guess it makes it, things a little bit different that I don't play him. I, I, I think if I played him, right. I might have a little bit more of a sense or, or of, um, of, uh, of this is, you know, his home country of so forth and so forth. But because I don't really play him and, um, it's, um, you, you don't feel like you're at, you're at the Roger Federer open. No, I mean, not really. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, but, but with that being said, I feel that Roger, Roger's a, a celebrity any, at any tournament. He's always a crowd favorite. You know, he's beloved all around the world and for good reason, you know, he was my favorite player growing up. So, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's any more than at, than at any other tournament, gotcha. really. Yeah, so yeah. To speak, I don't know, you know I, what I, I mean? Yeah, no, I, I feel like this like could be like Springsteen playing New Jersey. On the other hand, this event, you know, he was a ball boy. This event, they, they didn't build this event on account of him. But uh, anyway, yeah. I um, hey, congratulations! You are uh, you're officially a top fifty player. Well done. Yeah, by the skin of my teeth, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was yeah. going to say uh, you're you're number fifty today. But uh, yeah, that's great. Was that? Um, I mean, is this? Is this a meaningful sort of signifier for you, or just a number? Um, I, you know, I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of interesting. I think, I think it is just a number. But um, right now in my career, I think it is just a number. But I think if you take a step back, it definitely is. You know, a, a milestone, just like top hundred is. Really, I think there's sort of maybe, um, you know, once you get uh, on the tour, there's maybe four. Um, milestones, I would guess, so to speak. There's top 100 for sure. That's always every player's, I think, first kind of ambition. Um, then top 50. Um, I think another another important, I don't know if this is a milestone as much as it is just a, a cool number to hit, top 32, where you could get seated at the slams. I think that's an important number. Not sure if it's so much a milestone as it is no, just, you're right, uh, you're right. you know, an important number or, or a cool number to or a cool thing to be seated at a slam. Um, and then obviously top twenty, top ten, and then from there on, you know, I think any number inside the top ten is, is 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 amazing. You know, just go from ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. You know, obviously number one and two carries an extra sort of weight, but I think every, any number you go on up inside the top ten is, um, I would assume, would feel, uh, you know, awesome and. Um, Maybe one day I'll have that uh, that opportunity, but I think right now just you have I still have to focus on the bigger, on the you know I guess bigger picture of of, of my career and right. focus on the things that I need to work on so I can get opportunities to to have better tournaments and get better ranking and um, and uh, and and continue to play well and and hard for these last couple weeks of the season. The uh, finish strong. I um, no, I'm glad you said that about seating. I, I always thought that top 32 is is underrated in the sense that when yeah. you go to a major, A, it's cool to be seated, but also you, you're guaranteed not to play a higher-ranked opponent until rank, you know, round three. So, uh, no, it's huge. Big, big difference. It's huge. I'll give you another one. You, you already achieved this one, but 
is a trivia question. If I said top 125, what would you say? Uh, I would, I would, I, I, well, I would assume you're talking about the, the pension. Exactly. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, um, that's obviously also cool to qualify for. Um, and, and look, I mean, any, any, I think any kind of little achievement you get in, in your career or, you know, in, in tennis is no different. You, it's just another accolade that you add to your resume so, and so forth. And I think that's, that's, obviously, that's obviously really cool that you can, you can keep adding, um, you know, different, um, different accolades to your resume. I remember being at somebody's house and, uh, in uh, Houston, actually, and he was an investment banker. And he had all these trophies, basically, for all these uh, shares, shares he issued or deals he had done and um, of different companies and so forth. And, uh, and it's, an, it's no different with, with tennis, where you, where you collect trophies when you win events. Or, um, you know, you might not collect trophies for, for ranking milestones, but it's still something that I think is, is really cool to look back on and even and reflect after your career, and even during your career. But I think it has to be a little bit more tempered because you, you don't want to get too wrapped up in that sort of, sort of stuff. You want to continue to focus on the things that will make you a better player and um, in your career. What, uh, what, what are the things that will make you a better player? We're, we're 21 years old, yeah. you're top 50. I mean, what, I mean, what, specifically, yeah, no, what are you working on? I mean, I, I definitely think that, um, that there's a lot of, of things. I, I think in, in tennis, especially at this level, and I, I guess in everything maybe, the margins become so small in tennis that you're really that everything is obviously really good for all these players, but it's just trying to get a little bit more out of each stroke. Maybe even a five percent improvement, a two percent improvement, even could make a long could make a big difference. You know, if you improve two uh, percent in every aspect of the game, that adds up to be to a lot. You know, and it could add up to maybe ten points a match. And if you flip ten points a match throughout the entire year, mm-hmm. you could be talking about a really good a really good year and a really good ranking. Um, what, what does that so mean? I two def- two percent, like uh, sorry. What, what, what do you um, what, what do you mean by you know five percent or two percent? Is it is that is that pace? Is that consistency? Is that aiming for a target five percent yeah, smaller? I, what do you mean by that? I def I definitely think that that and and that's a good thing you brought that an interesting thing you brought up because I think there are different aspects to each stroke, right? There's there's consistency, there's obviously pace of the shot, you know, speed of the ball, heaviness, spin. Um, Location, and I think all those combined create create a, create your your ball quality, right? I mean, if you just hit the ball really hard, but you're not consistent, your ball quality your ball quality is good, but it's also not it's all because guys can can put back you know multiple a lot of shots even if it's a good ball quality. If you have good ball quality and you're consistent, but you don't have good accuracy, well, guys are still good enough to 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 move you and to put a lot of balls back in, in the court and they're going to be able to move you and take offense against you and then if you have all three well then you're talking about one of the best shots in the game right so um so certainly if i can improve my forehand and uh, i think i think the biggest thing for me still is working on taking the ball early on my forehand and my back end, looking for those opportunities quicker i think you know i had such a great experience playing rafa uh, in shanghai even though i lost i thought it was really apparent how how um uh, motivated he was to take any little time away from me that he could. He was always looking for the short ball and playing aggressive, even on the even on good shots that I hit. He was always looking to move the ball around, and um, and he was hitting it aggressive with a lot of spin, and, and and it was a big ball, you know. So I think that's something that I can obviously improve on both forehand and backhand. I think I can continue to get stronger. I think um, 
you know, I think I think that's something that I that I lack uh, that I lack in in um, compared to other players maybe more so. So I think off court strength is is, is key for me, um, and I also think um, and I also I think those are probably the, the probably the three biggest ones. And then obviously if I can just keep improving, I want to improve every aspect of 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 my game though. You know, how do you go? Uh, how do you, how do you go from hey hey this is cool to you know what I belong here to. You know, I'm 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 taking names. I mean, how do you yeah. how do you progress in terms of disposition now? Yeah, I think the I think the biggest the, I think there's two things. I think a, um, if you put in the work and the effort and the time, you kind of have a sense of confidence that you know that you belong. If you feel that you haven't, you 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 might outwardly express that that um, that that you belong and that you can you can compete at a certain level but you also kind of know know in your heart of hearts that that maybe you haven't really been able to uh you're, you haven't um put in the effort and the and the and the work and so forth to compete but so i so i think that that's number one just making sure that you have you ha- you you know that you've put in the time that you're physically strong that you've had good training that you've had good practices that you continue to work on things um i think that's key i but i also think that it's it's um a little bit about the power of positive thinking. Um, if you believe that you can, I think you, you, you can for cer- certainly do it. If you don't believe that you can, well, then you have no shot. So I think no matter what situation you go into uh, in tennis, whatever opponent you play, I think it's really important, at least for me, what I do is I always believe in my, I always try to believe in myself and focus on the positive things that I do really well and then try to uh, exaggerate those in, in the course of a match. And, um, you know, in between points, I always, I always try to say, I can do it, I can do it. You know, you can do it, and so and so forth. And I think, if you can, even if you believe that you're a big underdog, if you can trick your mind into think or trick yourself, or, or, or even saying those things, kind of reaffirms the fact that you know that you can play at a certain level. And I think that's that's key. If you if you believe you can achieve, and I think that's uh, that's really what it comes down to where if you don't believe I, 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 you know, I've gone into situations in certain matches where um, it's almost, it's almost as uh, it's almost similar to playing with a lot of confidence. If you've played a lot of matches and you've won a lot of matches, every tennis player I've ever talked to, and it's no different with me, when you get into a close situation, you almost don't believe that you can lose. No matter how dire the situation is, you almost don't believe it. And then when it happens, you're a little bit surprised, but I think that's, that's almost a good thing because it shows that you're you're playing well and that you really believe believe in your ability to come back or to compete, and I think that's um, that's a, that's a key part of it. No disrespect to Jill Krabis, R- yeah. Rhode Island, uh, your home state, not usually seen as as a tennis hotbed. What's what's your uh, origin story? How did how did you uh, how did you get into this business? Yeah, um, so definitely, uh, and it's actually quite funny that. Both Rhode Islanders ended up in Southern Cal. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so a little side note, but you know, I was four years old, and my uh, my parents belonged to a country club, and my mom for the summer, my mom would take my sister and I to the to to the to the club um, every day. Basically, we would go to the pool, and then one day, I just wandered over to the tennis courts, and um, and I started playing, and my mom you know, saw that I took an interest in it and, uh, you know, I, and then they started getting me lessons cause they saw I, I, I had, I had a knack for it and so, and so forth. And, um, 
you know, my parents just just were super positive and gave me the best uh, resources that they could that they could provide to me. And um, I kept uh, I kept you know working hard and 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 keep trying to do my best. And you know, little by little, I I uh, I worked my way up, and and here I am. So. You know, I think that that's kind of that's how I got started in tennis, and um, and obviously I have my parents to thank a lot for you know pushing me and always believing in me and wanting me to achieve you know not necessarily be a professional tennis player, but just to do the best I could I could in, in whatever I was achieving. What what do your folks trying to achieve? What, what do your folks do? My father owned a construction company, and my mom was a social worker. Everyone I know from Rhode Island does a Peter Griffin imitation. Go. I do not. You're I on. Do not Go. Have that. Um, the uh, no, I, but I, but I'm thinking too. The you, you probably don't mind indoor tennis. Then I mean, your your game is suited to it anyway. But indoor tennis, which you're playing this week, is is probably something mm-hmm. you're fairly familiar with. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I grew up in Rhode Island. I grew up playing on indoor tennis. Um, I'd say six months out of the year, if not a little bit more. So obvi- So I think that's a little bit of an advantage. I know that. Uh, I, obviously, I don't. I don't think it's something that you can train your entire life indoors. But I think I've had a good balance of my career. You know, playing a lot on clay, going to Argentina. So I've feel that um, I've experienced a lot of different surfaces, a lot of different styles, and um, and certainly playing indoors is not is not a foreign experience to me. Um, so I'm really excited to to com- to play and compete this week and. Uh, and also in Paris, and, and and looking forward to next year. I think it's a, I think it's an exciting time for me, and for for a lot of uh, American tennis players. You you jumped from Paris to next year, but uh, yeah. you you are in the running for the next gen uh, for the next gen event in Milan yeah. in, in November. I am, yeah. We are. Uh, I don't. I don't. Do you want me to tell you how close you are? I don't want to. You know. I, don't, I, don't want to violate I mean, any, I, I kind of have a have a rough idea of, of how close I am. Yeah, but you can ex- you can you can say you can tell me all. Let's yeah. let's just say we are uh, we were recording this on a Tuesday, and I will timestamp this uh, because this might be an obsolete conversation. But um, mm-hmm. is I mean that that event is November seventh. Yeah, and I'm thinking that it's the it's the first year they're doing it. It's, it's age twenty one and under. It would be obviously an honor to be in the field. At the same time. You, you can uh, you, you can play company man here and tell me I'm wrong. If, if I'm Jared Donaldson and I'm being asked to fly across an ocean for a November event and I'm, I'm you know thinking about next year and I'm already in the top 50, I, is it an easy decision to play this or you get in or, or are you thinking about you know may, maybe long term? I'm not sure this event meshes so well with my training and my long term plans. Yeah. Um, no, certainly if I make Milan, I'll, I'm going to go and play. There's okay. no doubt about that. Um, um, I didn't bring it up because I didn't want to sound <laughs> as though I was uh, Good man. overconfident that I was going to make it um, because, you know, I haven't made it. So it's not, a, it's not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. There's, uh, you know, almost countless good young players now or right now at the, at the game, and I feel as though there's between 15, honestly, 15 and 20 players who really are playing well and deserve to make it. 20, 21, um, 21 and under, we're talking. So, I, I, but I mean, I think definitely if you look at the, the guys inside the top 10 or even the top 20, there's, the level is, is, is so high, and, you know, if I make it, it's definitely, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be really cool to compete against, um, you know, the next generation of players, but but really against great tennis players that are already in that have already 
I don't want to say um, have really solidified themselves inside the top 100, top 50 even, and just great players that already in the sport. It'll be it'll be my first time I think playing. If I make it again, you know, it'll be my first time playing a lot of those players. And I think that it'll just be a lot of fun to compete against them and to see how everyone's game stacks up. Because I don't, you know, as much as there, as much as there's been a lot of talk about, you know, us, especially this year with the, with the next gen finals, I don't think many of, um, of us have played each other a lot. I mean, I, I think that there have been a few instances of, of us playing, but, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I don't believe that there's been a whole lot of instances where, you know, they've played each other or we've played each other a multitude of times right, um, right. in tournaments. So I think it'll be, it'll be really fun to, to compete against uh, a lot of these guys. Um, and just, you, you know, that's what, that's what you want. You want to compete against the best and, you know, test your game against the best players that the sport has, has to offer. And, and figure out ways, figure out things that they do well, and figure out things you do well, and then try to um, and let the and then you know go from there and, and keep improving your game. So, so part of this event is to showcase the the young players, and I think you know, I mean, I, it's it's totally reasonable. But in in the age of Federer and Nadal and <clears throat> the Big Four, they've obviously taken a lot of the oxygen. So this is a way to mm-hmm. uh, sort of show, showcase some of the younger players. But but also, there are a number of innovations that are going to be tested out. You, do you have? You have strong feelings about any of these? I don't. I don't know. I mean, are you, are you up to speed on some of the uh, some some of the twists to this event? Sure. I mean, so certainly, um, uh, you know, the the rule changes have been highlighted, and it'll be interesting to see. One rule change that I think that I've heard from players, which I wasn't quite aware of, that that I think could be modified or tweaked, um, was uh, right now in in ATP and tennis is the warm up. They think that the warm up could be. Uh, could be could be uh, more either better done or 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 a different way to warm up right. because it um it kind of it, it it seems a little awkward before the match and the TV and so and and so forth um but um so I think that'll be the most the most interesting and, pro- and probably the rule that maybe most likely will get changed in the future I believe um I, I, one one rule that I think is, that I think is um it's also interesting, but I also hope that it doesn't get that it doesn't get changed to the tour. Would be is the automatic line calling. I think that it, I think that you know one thing that tennis has done I think better than all sports is the is the official review. Right, I don't think right. that there's a better a more well done official review in in all of sports because it's quick. It really engages the fans more than any than any review system in, in any sports really. Um, and I think that it adds a level of excitement. I know at least, at least I know when I watch matches, I think the challenge is awesome. I think it adds, you know, an awesome layer to tennis. It's not, it's not monotonous because you because each player only gets three a set, so it's almost a little bit strategic too. Um, so I think that I think that the challenge system is 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 amazing for the sport of tennis. I think it adds a layer of of intrigue to it. You, you don't want to um, so you I don't want to call I your think, own lines, right? So while I think that uh, that sports are going more. Uh, uh, you know, uh, not not innovative, but uh, I guess innovative would be kind of the word word in terms in terms of making sure the calls are better or more consistent. I think that that's actually a, a rule that um, that I hope doesn't get taken out. But I also think it'll be interesting to try all the rules. I know I know let the the no let on a serve is has been discussed for a while. Tried how, how are, out. How are you with that times. one? 
Um, you you good with that one? I'm sorry. Are, are you good with that one? Um, I, again, I've never really played with 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 without playing the let. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how how it will really how it will really shake out. How big of a deal it will really make. Um, it's just it's just uh, I get you know again. It's tough for me to really say when I haven't had a lot of experience with it. I mean, for me, I guess I kind of like the way tennis is played now, but I also understand that that there are um, that you know you want to you want to keep innovating to make sure that that the game stays with the times and and remains fresh and interesting. But I also think there's a point to where when do you sacrifice your brand for or for it becoming a novelty kind of right right um, right. So I think there's a delicate balance, but I also but but there's no end to how uh, how you can improve a sport or uh, such as tennis or any sport. Good for you. Very open-minded. That's uh no, good 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 for you. What what's your um is, is your coach with you? My coach? Yeah. You traveling with a coach in the fall? Yes. Yeah, I uh, yeah, Jan Michael Gamble. So you you mentioned strength. I'm looking I looked this up while you were talking. 62165. I I was think of Jan Michael Gamble as as a uh, a very solidly built player. Um, yes. Good. Good. Uh, you know. Good. Good fitness guy. Six two one sixty five seems a little, uh, maybe a little slight for uh, for, for Jan Michael Gamble. How, how are how are you going to uh, how are you going to bulk up? Is that is that mostly mostly legs? Yeah. I mean, I think um, certainly. I, I you know as as um, as as you mentioned and or as I alluded to earlier and you and you highlighted the fact that it's definitely it's definitely you know going to be imperative that I get stronger. Um, and I do travel with a, with a full-time, um, fitness trainer. Um, so obviously that helps, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's also tough to put in a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the physical strength on the road when you're playing a lot and you want to make sure you're well, re- not well rested, but you're hundred percent ready to go for matches and not sore or tired, um, and the year so long, I think, so I think that's why this off season is so important for me because that's really a great time to work on strength. And I believe that, um, that, that doing, I remember working last year with Gil Reyes and one, and obviously, you know, legendary figure in the sport of tennis and also in, uh, in physical strength and conditioning. But he said, you want to make sure. And one thing, obviously there's an endless number of things that he said that have stuck with me, but one that I think is, can, I can um, talk about in this context is that you want to make sure that when people see you next year, they say, oh, man, you know, Jared looks different. Jared right, looks right, be- right. better in terms of not, e- not, e- not even talking about in terms, of, uh, in terms of strength, but just he looks different. He's doing X, Y, Z different. He looks stronger. He looks tougher, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So I think that's something that you know when I when people see me next year, they there's an apparent difference in my game where I I I look I look better I look stronger. So I think that's why you know the off season is such an exciting time for for players because that's a really great time to put in a lot of good work and 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 get healthy for some and and um, and come back roaring for next year. I, I t- talk a little bit more about Jan Mike, who, who I always thought. I mean, at first I'm like, this guy had a, you know, he had a two-handed forehand and a two-handed backhand, mm-hmm. and his game didn't remind me of yours. But I also thought, here's a guy that, you know, he's from Spokane, well, he's from Eastern Washington, um, not yep. not unlike Rhode Island, not not a tennis hotbed. And it, it sounds like mm-hmm. you guys, sort of temperamentally, just hearing you speak, um, I, I could see you guys getting along. W- what does he bring to your game, and what's it like to have a coach who 
play, played in a style different from yours. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, that Jen Michael obviously brings a lot, you know, a lot to my game and offers a lot to me on a daily basis. Um, I think one thing that we've really focused on this year is it, or I, cause I think it's also a fine balance between a coach and then the physical aspect, because while they go hand in hand, they're also separate. They're also separate times you have to allow for each. There's the off court training and then the on court training. I think Jen Michael is a big proponent uh, and agrees with me that off court training is something that's important. That's really important for me. But I also think on the court we've made a we've made not major adjustments, but just good good tweaks that have allowed me to improve. You know, um, excuse me, getting lower on my ground strokes, making sure I'm always ma- I'm making sure I'm making the right decision, um, getting behind the ball better. Uh, you, you know, changing di- tra- changing direction when um, when it's a smart decision, not just to change not just to change direction for the sake of it. Right. So I, you know, working on my serve more, my return. Obviously, Jan Michael was a fearsome returner. I think I think all those things have really, you know, been been magnified under Jan Michael, and I've been able to improve a lot under him. And I think that's great. And I think it's also very important that we work well together and that we see the game similar because i think that no matter how great a coach is if you got if you know if it if you don't get along with the person or if you see certain things uh, you know not the same it's going to be tough to come to a consensus regarding um regarding opinion um so i think i've i've been really lucky you know not only with jan michael but it, but throughout my entire career that i've had positive people who really want me to succeed in, in not only in tennis but in life as well all right speed round quick quick answers yes what is your favorite fairly brothers movie my favorite my favorite what you know, you know the uh rhode island zone what are they the, the, the fairly brother the dumb and dumber guys from rhode island Oh, I didn't even know that. Jeez, yeah. I don't think I've even seen one. All right, forget to. You ever see something about Mary? <laughs> something about Mary? Uh, talk to me about excuse, what? I'm sorry. You've you've never seen something about Mary? You got you got to. Uh, uh, I as, as a Rhode have, Island. Oh no, I've I, I've never seen that either. Oh man, as I, as a Rhode Island resident, I will. Uh, I, apo- I apologize. My movie knowledge is quite scarce. Oh man. Um, all right, they they will not let you home for Thanksgiving if if you don't see something about Mary. Um, what, what's your uh, where are you on the college regret scale? You know, I really yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a def, it's a, it's an interesting subject and maybe it will never get solved. My my thought process is that if you want to give yourself the best. Uh, well, I think it actually comes down to, to, to two arguments. A, I think it really depends on when you're when it's time to make that decision, what your financial um, what your financial situation is. Because obviously, playing tennis is expensive, and if you don't if you don't have uh, backing, it will re- you're not going to make money the first couple of years on tour. Really, I mean, some obviously some players just shoot to the top, but I think if you're making a decision between if it's on the borderline between college and, and professional, then you really can't expect to make money the first couple of years. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I think, you know, even the first four years of tennis uh, playing on tour is almost is almost is very similar to going on co- going to college for four years. You have to, in the sen- in the traditional sense of you go for you 
play professional tennis for four years and you learn for those four years and then you know maybe year five you really have a lot of experience to 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 know your game and know how you need to play and so forth um but i so i think number one it's 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 tough to 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 do it the right way without a large you know financial investment um so I think depending on the financial the financial stat the financial situation for each player is different, but I think it's an important one when you make your decision. Number two, I think that so so I so I think that that also leads into the second part of the conversation where if it depends what you what you want out of out of out of life. For me personally, my my I turned pro when I was 17 the week before the U.S. Open. Right. Um, so almost four years ago. Um, and my goal and my dream was always to be a professional tennis player. I was 17. I was going to be a senior in college. I was 300 in the world. High, high school, right? Um, so, you know, I, I, and I, I had, I, not, I, you know, believed I was going to be a, a good player, but for me, you know, I really wanted to be a professional tennis player. It was my dream. It was my goal. And to realize a goal such as this is not an opportunity that, that presents you in, in that life presents you every day. You know, some people never, never achieve the, the goal that they set forth, no matter how, no matter how, you know, high or far I progressed in tennis, I, you know, could always say I went after my dream and that's something that you can't really put a value to. Um, in terms of developing your game, I think you develop your game much faster on the pro tour than you develop in, in than you do in college. Um, because in college tennis, the the goal is basically to win matches for your team for yourself and that's the same thing on 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 the ATP World Tour the only difference is is that on on the tour the game is always getting better and people are always looking to improve and sometimes those improvements can take years to develop where in college you really have 4 years to um to 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 win you know you can't go you can't be in college after after four, uh, or play you know sports after four years so your time frame is a lot shorter just as i was talking about you know learning on the pro tour for four years you are learning to improve where i feel like in college you're learning to improve how to win matches and not so much your game that's just the experience that i found with players going to college with that being said Call, you know, it's not as though if you don't, if you go to, if you go, if you play pro tennis, you're going to be, you're going to be, you know, top 100, top 50, top 10, you know, that's no guarantee at all. And just the, the same is true with going to college. It's not as if, if you go to college, if your game's not quite mature enough to play on the pro tour, then you can't be a professional tennis player. That's not true. My point is, is I just think that if you, if you look at the players who have, who, if you if you want to give yourself the best chance, right, I think right. playing on the tour gives you that the best chance. That's just my opinion. Um, I know that there. Look at Steve Johnson. He's been a, a, a very successful, you know, a very successful professional tennis player who went to college. So I'm not saying um, not saying you can't do it either way. Either way you choose, but I am saying I think there is you know, a, a path that gives you the best chance for success. Right, right. And and you know, you're you're obviously speaking from the perspective of someone who. Is doing doing quite well for himself, so so it sounds no like doubt. You've, you've been no valid. Your no choice doubt. has been validated. Um, who who cuts your hair? Cuts my hair? Oh my goodness! Why are we talking about the U.S. Open? <laughs> no, we. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at these photos here as well. Um, uh, you have a distinct haircut. Good, good, good for you. You're. We we applaud. We applaud people who depart from convention. 
But yes, well, I, I do. I remember that at the U.S. Open. Yeah, that's right. I, I didn't even thought, think of that, but I remember your haircut at the U.S. Open. Well, it's quite well. It's actually quite funny because people on Twitter were calling it the Peaky Blinders haircut, <laughs> and that inspired my father to watch Peaky Blinders, and he really likes the show. So see, um, that's a win right but, there. Uh, so for that tournament, it was the the stylist at the U.S. Open. You know, I went in one day, told him what I liked, and then and then he said, "Yeah, it looks great." I got a few cat calls from the women working in there, so I felt really good. See, every, everyone goes home happy. All right, last question: What um, 2018 is a good year if what happens? You know, I think that that obviously you can always. I get uh, the easiest way to measure a good year is by ranking. However, I think that a good year. You can't. At the end of the day, you can't control ranking. I know that sounds kind of kind of silly to say that, but I think it is true because I never go out there and and try to lose a match. So if so that so you know if I could control my ranking through 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 um, playing really well, I would I would be one in the world because I would I would win every match. You know what I mean? Right. So right. the things I can't control is first and foremost improving my game, and I think if I improve my game. The ranking will come. The results will take care of themselves, and um, and I'll be a better player. You know, I think at the beginning of the year I maybe started a little bit slowly this year, um, but I felt I was always working on things and always improving. And even though maybe the results weren't what I wanted them to be, I and it was maybe slightly disheartening. I always felt that I was moving in the right direction, and and in the long term that was going to pay off. And I think that it culminated really in in. Um, in the summer hardcore season this year for me, I played really well. I gave myself opportunities, and um, and I won matches and I lost some close ones too. But that doesn't mean that um, that you know if I change a few points or whatever that uh, that I would be a worse player or better player. I'd be the same player, but my ranking might be a little bit different. So I think if I keep improving my game, I'll be a better player. And whether that you know materializes next year, or at the beginning of next year, or at the end of next year, or maybe the year after that. I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind. So I'll be I'll be a better player if I keep improving my game. Having said that, I will say you have very little to defend uh, for the next few months. So uh, go yeah. go make hay. But uh, no, this was great. Thanks uh, thanks for the time. You're uh, you're you're a career high number fifty, and it looks like it's only going to go up from here. And um, again, people by the time people listen to this, you may well be headed. To Milan, yeah. that uh, that second yeah. week of uh, November. So uh, good, good Thank on you for that much. one too. Um, hey, thanks. That was great. I appreciate that. No, I I appreciate it very much. It was a lot of fun. I good. enjoyed it. All right, we'll do it again. Good, uh, good, good talking. Go, 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 win some more matches. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. That's the plan. I appreciate talking to you, John. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Jared. Take care. All right, you too. All right, that does it for this week. Thanks to our guest, Jared Donaldson, Jamie Lasanti. Let's bring you in here. What struck you? Nice kid, huh? Nice kid. He was good. He uh, he certainly has a lot of things to say. He's very well spoken. Can I, I make it. a Can I make a confession? We're really torn by figures like this. He seems like eminently reasonable and cool and professional. Sometimes, uh, journalistically, it can be a little more fun when it's uh, Nick Curios and I, I think I wrote the other day. He's still still at the uh, eating ice cream for breakfast stage of uh, his career and of life. That is not Jared Donaldson, but uh, that guy really seems like someone who's composed and professional and uh, has it together. 
Nice conversation. Interesting what he said. Not, not a lot of regrets for uh, 21 years old. He did not express regrets that he could be doing upside-down keg stands and uh, enjoying the life of a college junior. Seems like he is full full confidence in the decision he made to skip college tennis. Seems like everything, every decision he makes is just very thought out and cerebral. He was very, you know, he had a good answer about anyone looking to play college tennis or to make a decision to go pro, that financials were a big part of it. So, no. I did not sound like that on the week of my 21st (laughs) birthday. Um, 17th birthday, really. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, good. Look at it that way. Um, All right. That does it for this week. We'll have another guest next week. Thanks, as always, to Jamie for her great work. Keep these suggestions coming with uh, the tennis season wrapping up. Maybe we will have um, an easier time with logistics in terms of players. Uh, Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Feel free to uh, leave a comment. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, and whenever whenever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, We'll do it again in seven days. Have a good week, everyone. We'll